Hello and welcome to the Instec London podcast. This is Matthew Grant, one of the partners at Instec London. Uh, this episode, Robin Mertens, another partner at Instec London, and I are talking about algorithms and their use in insurance as part of the run-up to our next evening event on the 3rd of June in London. Uh, you can find out more about that and register for it and also everything else that we are doing at Instec London and our past events from our website, www instec.london and Robin also reveals what he's been learning about the mysterious topic of psychographics. Good well Robin now that we've given a bit of a, uh, a break with Brexit news uh, it leaves a bit more space to talk about something else so uh, what's what's on your mind just now? Top of my list right now um, AI and algorithms the more I look at InsureTech and the more I look at the emergence of new products and insurance, I think that they are all dependent on a belief, a confidence in algorithms. Uh, in the same way as we're learning to come to terms with a world where you have self-driving cars, which are driven off algorithms, insurers are going to have to live with algorithms that they have confidence in, that will predict what they want to predict, and can build insurance products around it. And I think that throws up endless issues, which I think are well worth exploring. And you mentioned AI and algorithms. Are you, are you, are you have to explain the difference between oh, the no, two? Oh, no, 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 no. Look, you've had, you've had a, a, a lifetime in data. Uh, that's your job. I mean, what, 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 start by helping us with the difference between what's AI, artificial intelligence, and an algorithm. I mean, where do they meet? Where do they join? You know, we've got an increasingly number of highly qualified people who listen to this, so let's hope we get it right. So the way I see it is AI or artificial intelligence is essentially the whole system whereby the analytics and the technology can take input in, it can learn about the real world and it can start making decisions independent of the human input. So yeah, generally in insurance that's going to come down to an underwriter or an analyst or maybe a claims adjuster. Um, the algorithm is the piece that fits into that overall process uh, where essentially you're putting an input in and you're getting an output out. And you know, the humans, we, we ourselves, uh, run algorithms all the time. They're actually called heuristics, but for example, today it was looking pretty grim outside. We've lost the good weather, so I uh, decided it might rain and brought an umbrella. That is my algorithm. Um, and so when you translate that into the, uh, yeah, it says that into the, the broader world of technology, um, people are building these algorithms that are intended to reduce the level of human input. And the real challenge, of course, is to what extent can you rely on that algorithm that when you put the data in, you get an output that is exactly as you intended, you know, as opposed to, we mentioned self-driving cars, and the reason that it's taking so long for self-driving cars to get uh, out into the mainstream is you've got to be absolutely sure that you're sending out this lethal weapon, that your algorithms aren't going to, aren't going to fail and you know, end up with fatalities. And of course, we've seen an example of that with the, uh, the Boeing 737 MAX, where one of the sensors didn't work, the algorithm behaved badly, and it, and it, and it basically flew itself straight into the ground. So. Yeah, rarely going to be as bad as that as insurance, fortunately, but you know, people are putting a lot of money around the output from an algorithm, and so there's a lot of hoops to you know, get through and hurdles to jump over for companies that are offering algorithms to the market. Presumably that's why um, it takes so long to get these things to market. I mean, we've had companies doing super smart things with um, AI and machine learning data in the insurance world for a few years now, um, but you get the impression that they are 
only now really getting traction. Uh, the Sitorial is a good example. You know, they, they've had the tech, they've had the expertise, but presumably, and you know more about Sitorial than I do, you know, they've had to wait the two or three years to test the tech to, to make sure that it really is something that insurers can hang their hats on. Yeah, I mean, underwriters, uh, actuaries, analysts, you know, are cynical when it comes to new technology, and, and you know, frankly, quite rightly so, given the, what they're having to place, you know, place behind their bets they're making. So there's a certain amount somebody can do or a company can do with backtesting using historic records when you're building an algorithm, but of course the reality is when a business starts using it for real, uh, what is the performance now they're starting to use a new algorithm versus how they're, they're doing it before, and is there a significant difference to actually, you know, if you sort of validate that in a statistically proven way. So yes, you know, Sidora have been out there, they've got two or three years now worth of experience with some of their clients and they can start to demonstrate that indeed the algorithms are working and therefore it give the organisations more confidence to start allowing the systems to make more decisions rather than, you know, I think what traditionally you would have seen in underwriting where an algorithm would be used to flag an issue that would then go to an underwriter so it's still a human touch, you know, and totally delegating the decision to a, to a robot as to whether or not you write the risk or at what price. Um, so historically there would have still been some human intervention, but you know, the real key of course is how much can you remove that human, human intervention, because you know, like it or not, a big element of the cost in the industry that everybody is talking about is, is the amount of touch points and people that get involved in it. So the yeah, algorithms ultimately are a really big efficiency play, but they're also a way to sort of find uh, edge cases or even some more fundamental issues that have been very difficult to insure up until now or very expensive to insure by using the analytics to identify the uh, decisions that should be made and underwrite against those. Well, I think that's probably the most intriguing thing in my own mind emerging from all of this, the ability to write new, new products. Um, I've been very rude about the industry's inability to get its head around not having 10 years of historical data before they'll underwrite something, but, but some insurers are taking big brave moves which are algorithmically um, you know, dependent. Uh, I'm, I particularly uh, enjoyed talking to Stable the other day. They are doing something for farmers around um, predicting the future price of crops. Uh, it's jolly nearly a financial services, a financial product rather than insurance product, but I think that, that, that those areas are merging. Uh, but Ascot put their capacity into um, their algorithm, which has been in the making for several years. It predicts the future price of crops and it gives the farmers an indemnity in the event that crops get outside of the predicted prices. So it gives them the ability to sell their crops or effectively have, get a price for their crops, which protects them from, from you know, the dire, dire results of, of some extreme weather or other circumstances. Yeah, that's that's a sort of new new approach. You're, and, you're backing prices. And, and how, so how does that how is that an insurance product versus a sort of traditional financial instrument for hedging? Well, it seems to me take us quite close to kind of um, you know stop loss financial products. I mean, I you know I, I wonder whether it is. Uh, there's something else in um, uh, in the world of metals and commodity prices. Uh, a company called Chai who. Um, you know, by way of example, have built um, using all kinds of things geospatial imagery to determine the amount of ore coming out of mines to determine future supply. Um, but their first port of call was the hedge, the, the, the hedge funds. I mean, the hedge funds have products around this. They're now saying 
we've sold it to the hedge funds who do this. I wonder if insurers would be interested. I don't think there's take up at the moment, but but you know that it, it, it's hedge funds one minute, insurance companies the next. I mean, it's a very narrow divide. Well, but also it sounds like you know, insurers are now fighting back. So we've been talking for the last fifteen years about how the capital markets are are starting to eat it, so significantly eat into the insurance business with fifty billion dollars of. Uh, insurance makes securities capital out there. I think there's definitely is a, a chance for insurers now to come into the market and actually maybe yeah, certainly take on some of the areas that might have more traditionally been seen back in the uh, you say that the hedge funds. And I think it's also an example. It's back to our earlier points of where new technology enables insurers to get into this you know, oft talked about but rarely solved issue of the protection gap. Um, and yeah, back to getting 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 the algorithms right. But certainly, if there are people coming from outside the industry, and it's another theme we're seeing, and I think we find, both find particularly interesting and trying to bring to people, is where you've got companies that have been very successful outside of insurance, got the data, got a proven track record, uh, and then realizing that they can now bring that to insurance. You kind of hit the ground running with that, still got to prove it from an insurance point of view, but I think they can get to market much more quickly. Well, you've got to prove it from an insurance point of view, but, but sometimes insurers play an incredibly valuable role in this. I. As an example of a company coming from outside the market, I like a company called WePredict. WePredict is a company that predicts the future cost of auto warranty repairs and, and costs. So uh, they've taken all the data of all the warranty claims uh, in the US uh, for motor over a period of time and built an algorithm. Again, it took two to three, four years before it became something that they had uh, confidence in. They've sold it to the auto manufacturers in the US, um, giving them an increased ability to, to determine accurately the future cost of warranty claims. Um, once they had that technology and they had over-reserved, they went to their auditors and asked to release reserves and the auditor said, no, you have a historical basis of reserving, it works perfectly satisfactorily, and we're not prepared to change the whole basis of reserving based on an algorithm that you took six months ago, and that just happens to show you have a better result. So, very cleverly, we predict went down to Munich Re, uh, and, we predict, and Munich Re put their paper behind it, and, and within a, 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 an acceptable tolerance to Munich Re, will now put their paper behind uh, we predicts algorithm on the basis that if the auto warranty claims are substantially more than the algorithm, then Munich Re steps up to the plate and and pays pays out the difference. Which you know, which is that's a whole whole new product and and um, one that you would probably have thought would be a capital markets product, which insurers are back back into now. Yeah, and it, it, just another example of where somebody with the the capital and the long term thinking of Munich can really shift an industry because they're willing to yeah absorb. Yeah, maybe not inevitable losses, but certainly potential for some losses that people learn, but be ahead of this, then they're, they're going to benefit in the long term and as the rest of the industry. Where are you on um, psychographics? I'd like, I'd like to be the first to use that buzzword in an InsureTech podcast. But as I understand it, psychographics is the ability to understand the psychological characteristics of consumers and therefore determine the best ways to um, sell to them. You know, it's clearly, in our world, very B2C orientated. Tech, but, but that's all run on algorithm. I mean, that consumes a certain amount of data. The algorithm then says, this person is over 65, is not on social media, the best way to sell to them is to write them a letter. Uh, whereas somebody who's constantly on Instagram um, and, and posting pictures of 
dogs may need a fundamentally different approach. I yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, I think it plays partly into the theme around the combination of people on the phone using technology. And I think, yeah, there is, a, well, we know there's a whole demographic out there uh, of an aging generation that yeah, are happy enough using computers and tablets up to a certain point, but, but they actually often they want to be able to use a telephone and talk to somebody real. And I think in your psychographics, you, I see there can be some very smart companies that can tap into that that type of behaviour and also yeah, the people that uh, you know, don't necessarily want to be on social media and need to be contacted in different different ways. But um, but before we um, yeah, before we get too far on to the psychographics one, we should just remind ourselves that we are doing this event on the 3rd of June uh, when we are bringing, to bringing AI and algorithms uh, onto the instep stage uh, with a little bit more specific focus around the algorithms this time rather than just a more general AI piece. No, I, I mean, I, I, we'll be approaching uh, each of the companies we've just mentioned there with a view to getting them to come and, and speak. Uh, I think this is right at the cutting edge of, of what InsureTech is doing to the industry uh, right now, and I think we'll have a, uh, a, pretty, a pretty interesting time. And, you know, and, and, and there'll be some other uh, data science-related topics, um, you know, and, then, and it takes us all the way across predictive analytics to predicting behaviour to you know, emotional, behavioural economics, all those sort of things. Um, can and, and, and will be covered. Uh, I, I think it could be one of our better events. Emotional behavioural economics, you, you really have been doing your, your research. Uh, so Robin, we had some uh, breaking news before we got together, but something that you've come across or you've been, you're getting involved in, you might want to share. Yeah, in their wisdom, Insurance Insider have asked me to do a keynote at their Insider Instech event. Um, I shall give some um, thought to how I approach that, but it'll be my normal mix of doom and gloom and, and the ability to find odd lights of beams of progress and modernisation in there somewhere. And I hope the odd uh, joke to lighten, lighten the load. But, but yeah, no, I'm about to start writing that now and very much look forward to the opportunity. Fantastic. And uh, for those that haven't uh, come across Insurance Insider, we, we, sort of, we do recommend them. We're, we're great friends of what they do. We've had Mark Gagan, the executive editor on stage uh, actually interviewing interviewing us, I guess, Robin, your chance to uh, say a few words back back to Mark on uh, May May the 16th. And for anybody listening who is a corporate member, and this only applies to corporate members, you get a 30% discount as part of your Instec London membership. Well, good. I'm looking forward to it. And um, I, I, I'm going to leave you to organise that one uh, while I go to Sicily. Uh, in the meantime, I've got a message to, a psychographics message to Majestic Wine. Um, I'm not a man who you should send an email to, even though I like wine a lot, I'm not a man you should send an email to every day trying to sell me some wine, so I've just turned off your subscription and I'm not going to buy any more wine from you. So get your psychographics right. Well, I mean, that could well be you know, cause and effect, which is that Majestic Wine, I think, are going through some troubles anyway and are now going to go all, all online, so I think they've probably been testing you out as one of their sample, sample markets. But uh, actually, before we wrap up, it does remind me we are trying to figure out a way to credibly do our... Um, a wine linked to insurance and innovation event. And actually, anybody who's got any ideas, let us know. We've already come across a few. But with that, uh, Robin, over to you for the, the final word. Yeah, no, I, a wine event, disruptors versus incumbents. It's, it's, it's a good one. Look, I look forward to seeing you all on the 3rd of June. We're going to talk about um, AI and, 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 and um, algorithms and the latest in uh, data science where it meets insurance. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you all there. Well, to hear more about algorithms and AI and maybe even a little bit about psychographics from some of the experts in that field, come and join us on the 3rd of June 
at the Steel Yard in London and you can register for that on the website. Uh, details and a link to the event will be in the show notes for this episode. Uh, you can also find out more about what we're doing on www.instec.london and if you aren't able to make it to the event then look out for the uh, podcast of the speakers on the night following later in June. Thank you.